Welcome into this week's Triumph Spotlight. Our guest today is Mario Kendricks out of Kissimmee, Florida. This senior for Virginia Tech football has acted as a pivotal piece on the defensive line for Virginia Tech in the past four seasons. Now, Kendricks and the boys are headed up to Annapolis for the Military Bowl come December 27th, the third bowl game of his career. Mario joins us next on this week's Triumph Spotlight. Today's show is brought to you by Triumph NIL. The Triumph Digital Network is a fully integrated portal featuring individual channels for Mario Kendricks and all of your favorite Hokie athletes. Visit triumphnil.com for exclusive engagement, merchandise, content opportunities, and subscriptions. All right, from the high-tech studios in the Corporate Research Center here in Blacksburg, Virginia, I'm Kyle Marshak. I think some introductions are in order. To my right is our co-host, Carter Hill. Behind the desk is the one and only Joseph Nicholas Brown producing behind the scenes. And of course, we have Mario Kendricks on set. Mario, thank you for joining us. No problem. Well, third bowl game. How's it feel to partake in those festivities for uh, a third time? Oh uh, well, actually, um, a lot of y'all probably don't know this. Uh, so I played in my first bowl game, the Belt Bowl. We played Kentucky, and uh, the year twenty twenty one, I got hurt after like the sixth game, so I wasn't being, I wasn't able to participate in that one. And uh, but it definitely was a good experience. I can say, like, just having fun with your brother. You know, going out there and having fun, just being with your brothers and things like that. Yeah. Going back bowling. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Sure. I, I kind of want to ask you about your past a little bit. Being mm. a Florida kid, what yeah. first ended up bringing you to Virginia Tech? Uh, you know, uh, I told this to the guys when I gave my team share the other day. Uh, VT, you know, uh, they offered, well, they, they started recruiting me my ninth grade year. Mm -hmm. And um, like, unlike the other schools, they offered me pretty early on in my uh, high school career. So, VT didn't offer me, so they recruited me, started recruiting me in my ninth grade year, and then they didn't offer me until, like, going into my senior year. So that was always a big piece to me because I feel like they really got to know me instead of just offering me based off film. Well, you came in that recruiting process with Narelle Pollard and Josh Fuga. What's mm -hmm. it been like coming up with those guys? How quick did you get to know them? Uh, honestly, y'all all know Fuga, man. He's a <laughs> he's a very outgoing guy, you know, uh, so me and him clicked very tightly. It's the first day we seen each other. And then Narelle, I've been knowing Narelle since junior year of high school. We met up at a, um, a junior showcase in Florida. Like, it was an all-star game. Like, all the uh, big-time recruits in Florida played against each other. Yeah. What's kind of your first memory of meeting those guys back in? Did you enroll early in 2019? I forget. No, I came in the summer. Okay, yeah. so when you got here in the summer, your first interaction with both of those guys do you remember what that was, Fuga and Pollard? Uh, Come a long way since then. I would have to say uh, I remember Fugas was because uh, we had the um, when I first got there, my uh, my heart I had something going on with my heart like you know when you get it tested for your heart, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it didn't look right. It came back like weird or something like that. But uh, Fuga, so he came. We had they had the three hundred yard shuttles and like he was just telling me how bad it was and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it doesn't sound fun. No, no. it wasn't fun. Uh-uh, not when at all. I got to do it. It, was actually, it actually was really hard. And then with Norrell, it was just, uh, I would probably say playing 2K. Uh, we probably got heated. It was like probably the heat of a moment one time. He was kind of he was kind of winning. And, like, you know, I got in my feelings a little bit. But we was, like, <laughs> we was going at it a little bit. It happens. I can remember those 2K games with Norrell for sure. 2K can make friends or yeah. enemies for sure. Mm -hmm. So how about how tight you are with them? I mean, you know, being one of the most tenured guys on the roster, uh, have they acted as a support system throughout the years for you? 
Loretta Fuga? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, especially for you know, they just always there for you, you know, real genuine guys. Gonna always tell you the truth, never lie to you. Like you always gotta have guys like that around you. On that same note, again, you got here in 2019. You've had four different correct me if I'm wrong, but four different defensive line coaches uh, here yeah, at Virginia Wells, Tech. Uh who was next? Was it Tierlink? You had Tierlink and Daryl Tapp. Tierlink, Daryl Tapp, and then Price. Yeah. Think, yeah, that is for it. Yeah. crazy. What type of challenges does that present as you continue to switch up who's coaching up your room year in and year out? Uh, I don't know if it brings challenges, but I would say just having a good <laughs> – if you have a good bond with any of those coaches, you know, you'll have, a, like, a good relationship with them on the field, you know. So it wasn't really challenging for me. I feel like just building a bond with them was able to it was it allowed me to build a bond with them in the film room off the field. Like it was a good relationship with those guys. Some pretty good memories with yeah. JC Price. Uh, uh-huh. what's his personally like personality like in, in that room? Uh he's definitely a, a coach who's gonna coach you hard. Like, you know, maybe do something wrong, he's gonna get on you. He's not gonna sugarcoat anything. He's a real straight up guy, you know. Uh but he definitely like you can tell he really has loves for his D line and puts a lot puts a lot of work into us. What was it like playing for Bud in his final year? You date back all the way uh, to yeah. the Bud Foster days. It was for me, honestly, because like I think when I came in, I kind of le- learned the football game kind of slow. Like as far as like where the back is and where the play is going to go and like how the alignment is set. So for me, I was kind of like just knowing who Bud Foster is. You know, yeah. he's had a lot of ch- his name is known. So for me. It was kind of nervous, you know, just going out there. And they putting you out there early on the field, and you got Bud Foster as your D coordinator. So you're like, dang, man, like, you better hope sure. Like, everything is crisp, clean, and things like that. But he was a good coach. Like, he was hard coaching as well. And I feel like that's where JC get it from because, you know, he played with those guys and got oh, coached yeah. by those guys. So it's all like, it's all the same, man. Yeah. And then, of course, turnover in the, the head coaching role as well. Why has Coach Pry been the right fit for Virginia Tech? Uh, Pride, man, you know, he's a real genuine guy, too. Like, he's he's very, like, he's very outgoing, you know, for the community. So I feel like that brings a lot of um, – that brings more friends to the game and things like that. And then he just he just loves Virginia Tech. You know, he, he was an intern here a few years ago, so he still got love for the school. Yeah. When you first heard that Brent Pry, I'm going to take you back to December 2021, when you first heard that Brent Pry was going to be the guy at Virginia Tech, I didn't know how familiar you were with Penn State, but what was kind of the first thing that came to your mind? Uh, me, I just did, I had did a little digging, and I had found out he was a D coordinator. So when I found, the thing that came to my mind was like, okay, we got a head coach who's going to be more on the defensive side than how Fu was, he was on the offensive, offensive side. side. So I, I came out, that played a big role in it. It was kind of love there. And how about those first impressions with him? What did he do personality-wise that made him such a, an easy fit for this team? I think he just, I don't know, he's just like a, he's somebody you can go talk to, you know. He's not like, you know, I feel like there's some schools out there that like they have, you have head coaches that you really can't have conversation with and things like that. But when it's probably like you can talk to him like he's your brother yeah. or father or anything like that. So I feel like that's one of his best things about him. All right, your favorite memory in your five years here at Virginia Tech? Favorite memory? Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably have to go with uh, when we played North Carolina 2019, six overtime. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was a fun one. That was like, a fun one. 
Yeah, like, I didn't know when it was going to end, bro. It was crazy. 43-41, to 41, yeah. Quincy Patterson, go ahead, or game-winning two-point yeah. conversion in the six overtime. It was the first year, I think, in college football they had switched up the rules mm-hmm. where they alternate the two-point conversion. Yeah. So I just remember that was wild, seeing them go end-to-end, back-and-forth. Sam Howell was the quarterback at North Carolina. And, and Khalil made those two big plays. Yes, he did. Crazy plays. Mm, mm, Man, gosh. You, you got that football player memory. Wow, that, that's a game you can't forget. <laughs> yeah. You really can't forget that one. Well, so. obviously, a, a lot of success in your career here at mm-hmm. Virginia Tech. I think uh, another support system that has come in midway through your career is Triumph. Mm-hmm. How has Triumph NIL empowered you? Uh, definitely, you know, just being able to put my name out there and things like that. Uh, let, let showcase my other skills other than football. You know, I'm trying to get a little fishing thing going with Mitch. So I feel like that's been very good for me. We were going to talk about fishing a little bit, and we talked about it before we went on air, but it says on your Hokie Sports bio that you are indeed a fishing guy. Yeah. What are your favorite places, or where are your favorite places to go fishing in Blacksburg? And I guess where did that love first originate? Uh, Blacksburg um, is a little spot. I can't really explain where the spot is, but it's a nice little spot somewhere in the neighborhood where it's like nice-sized fish. I mean, it's not... You can you catch the same fish, but it's it's just the feeling of catching the fish. You know, it's always it's, for me, it's very therapeutic to go out there and fish. I just love fishing. Ever go to the duck pond to fish? No, I've never been to the duck pond. Okay, okay. Nick's a big, <laughs> Nick's a huge fishing guy. Yeah. So, um, invites extended. Yeah, you guys could probably talk about fishing for forever after this. <laughs> so, who who introduced you to fishing? How has that become an outlet for you throughout the years? Uh, I would say my granddad, you know, uh, well, really my granddad and my dad. Uh, so my dad, he was, uh, him and my mom kind of split up around four, but he always made sure he played a role in our life. So he would come get us every summer and take us to Miami. So we would always go fishing at the beaches and stuff, like fish off the docks and things like that. So since then, I just stuck with it and I kind of love, had a love for it. I mean, at first, when you first start fishing, it's definitely like you got to be very patient with it and things like that. But. I got a love for it, stuck to it. What are some of your other hobbies here in school? We've had some UFC fans on with Steven Guys now, and we talked to you about water polo in high yeah. school, so kind of explain all that for us. Uh, so, yeah, water polo was, for me, um, coming off my uh, my junior high school, I wanted to stay in shape, you know, mm-hmm. to going into the next season. So I gave it a shot, and, like, at first it was very challenging, you know, treading water, like, at the practices and things. Um just treading water for like 10 to 15 minutes and 15 feet of water. So it was challenging at first, but I would say it definitely got me in shape for my senior year. And it was a pretty fun sport. Like when you watch it on TV, it's, it looks fun, but when you actually play the sport, it's hard. But I would say it's fun once you get to learn it. Is that a big thing down in Florida, water polo? No, nah, it's not. Uh, actually, okay. <laughs> uh, I really got a lot of... Uh, I really got a, back, a lot of backlash for it just because I was wearing, like, little Speedos and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, you do what I you actually, have to do. nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no. no. I, had to, uh, I had to ask the coach, can I wear, like, compression shorts? I really didn't like Speedos. Like, Fair enough. Nah, mm-hmm. it was uncomfortable, man. Yeah. They got yeah. water polo, I think, in McComas on campus here. Do they? I think they do. I feel do. like I've seen it a couple of times. Yeah, but. I definitely have. They got the pool in there. I haven't been in McComas probably two years, but... So how did that transition into water polo for a season happen? Because me, myself, I'm not a very buoyant individual. I'm not very aquatic. So what was that transition like? I mean, that is a unique sport and a difficult one at that. 
It was very hard, you know. The coach, she was, she tried to be patient with me because sometimes I would miss practices and stuff because I didn't really, you know. I mean, I was just trying it out, so I really didn't take it too serious at first. So I would say it was challenging at first going to practice. Like I didn't want to go to practice at all. Like the the season was over, and I was just ready to just work out and get ready for the next season. How about your family? Was football a family affair growing up? Did that kind of grow up in your family? It actually wasn't. Uh, okay. So I would say, like, no one on my dad's side was known for football. My dad, his granddad, I mean, his dad, my granddad, they all did uh, karate. And nice. so it was my dad, my uncle, and my other uncle, they all did karate. They actually were black belts at once, like, growing up. I think, like, high school, they were, like, black belts, so. They did karate then. My mom's side, no one really played football, so I'm really the first one to even get this far in anything in the family. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. What about uh, other siblings? Do you, do you have a, a large family around you, other ones that are interested in sports? Not really, but I do have I have five brothers and three sisters. So. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Where do you, you kind of stack up in, in terms of, I guess, the order of when you guys were born. You're kind of a middle kid. I'm the oldest out of everyone. Oldest, oh, okay. okay. Who's the, how old is the youngest? The youngest, she's a girl. She's three years old. Oh, okay. Oh, nice, wow. Nice. That's a big gap right there. Yeah, it is. That's, That's a couple cool. of decades almost. So. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're close with the, the youngest sister, too. I guess when you're 6'3, right? You're pretty easily defending the rest of your family, huh? Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Well, I think uh, I think we can move on to a little bit of a speed round. Get to let, uh, get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, you guys want to? Let's do it. I, this is honestly what I look forward to most with okay. um, these interviews. I'm excited. Well, in that case, you take it away. Oh, okay. Well, let's start off with this. We we have two go tos every single time. Your pregame ritual and your uh, pregame playlist. So my pregame ritual would be, uh, you know, we walking through the lock. We walk in the locker room, put my bags down. Uh, Go use the bathroom. We yep. just had pregame, so I go use the bathroom, make sure I'm feeling light. Uh, then I go to the uh, – we have the doctors in the training room, the chiropractor, so I go get a little adjustment. And then uh, Jared Ferguson, one of the uh, strength weightlifting coach, get stretched out from him and then go to my seat and listen to some music, kind of get a uh, game ready. And then we have our uh, little warm-ups before the game. It's really – I really don't have too much of a – you know, I know a lot, there's a lot of guys that they have, like, something small. Like, they have a little pregame ritual. Mine is really, like, basic, just getting ready for the game. Yeah, making sure that you're you're nice and loose. So yeah. tell us about the chiropractic adjustment. First of all, who is the doctor that is strong enough to move you around? Uh, it's really, <laughs> nah, I actually <laughs> – that's, that's my question. No, I, actually make jokes, I actually make jokes with the doctors all the time. You know, I tell them, like, hey, man, you've been getting in the weight room because – it is, it is some it's some movements they have to do like where they gotta use a lot of their strengths so right like, yeah they use i mean they're pretty strong they, they get the job right done. Yeah. and if you don't mind me asking what are they adjusting uh so i tell them really i tell them i need everything adjusted <laughs> yeah, honestly. get your body right yeah get my yeah body. they just gotta be in thing. like that certain mode that certain yeah. shape for a i would game. say the neck is probably the best feeling you know okay, okay. The neck. How hard. how often do they have to adjust you during the game at all, if at all? During the game? Yes. No, I, I never get adjusted. Nothing during the no. game? I think you really should. Like, they tell you you're only supposed to get, like, one adjustment. Okay. They, uh, you're not supposed to get adjusted that many times. How about your favorite restaurant in Blacksburg? I always uh, enjoy asking this one as well. Favorite restaurant? Oh, man. Too many choices. 
It is, there is some choices out there. There is. Uh, I can't really think. I want to go PKs because I go there the most. I would say PKs. I go yeah. there the most. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Huge PKs fan. What about fast food? You know, you, you had a long day after practice. You and the boys want to go out and grab a quick meal. What's what's the go-to fast food in Blacksburg? Uh, uh, I got like two. I would say Bojangles or maybe Jersey Mike's. Oh, if yes. You're a Jersey Mike Jersey I'm Mike's a huge, enthusiast. No, I don't like get me wrong. I, oh, my gosh. That, I got I to gotta give, <laughs> give you a fist bump for that one. Um, no, the Chipotle cheesesteak, number 43. Mm -hmm. That's the move. No onions or peppers. Dang, I always like say that. Peppers? No, no peppers for me. No peppers. You but, ever tried them? Yes, I've tried them. Dang. Little, little, little too. It's not even about the flavor. Too much texture, texture? for me. Okay. So um, that's the thing. That's the thing with Jersey Mike's. Bojang was a great choice. I like PKs as well. We're consistently PKs visitors in here, so okay. maybe we'll see you yeah. over there at some point. So, or before substation closes, were you a, a big substation enthusiast? My freshman year, uh, I had a friend uh, introduce me to substation. I used to go there. Yeah. Any tears shed over the closing? <laughs> what happened? Any tears shed over the closing? They announced the closing December twenty first. I didn't even know they closed. Oh, <laughs> this I'm is bad news. Bad news. Is there only one in Blacksburg? Yes, there's only yeah. there's only like one by four out. There's one in Columbia, South Carolina. Do you know how many there are? Nick? There's a lot in South Carolina. There's a lot in South Carolina. Okay, so and that's crazy. I didn't know they closed. It's good, but that will make Jersey Mike's definitely higher up in the pecking order. Mm -hmm. But substation is a good one too. Well, non restaurant related, what's the favorite place you've visited as a football player so far? Visited uh, non-restaurant related. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, on the road, venues that you've seen, or even just trips uh, that you've taken. Uh, I went on a cruise, uh, con cruise, uh, carnival cruise. We went to the Bahamas. We were able to get off. Well, they dropped us off in the Bahamas, and actually, my uh, my mom's Bahamian, so it was actually cool to kind of see like where her mom came from and stuff like that, and just the different culture and how they live, different accents. It was a good good thing to see. How about your favorite place you've gotten to play on the road here at Tech? Definitely Notre Dame. Notre Dame, year. okay, okay. I like the, uh, I just like the environment over there. The hotel was nice. The stadium was nice. It was a good, good, very good experience. Okay, back yeah. in 2019. Yeah. Was it cold that day? It was very. Yeah, cold. I figured. Yeah. It's Indiana for you. Well, we talked about water polo, but if there were another sport that you could play at Virginia Tech, what would it be? Basketball. Basketball. Well, my, I don't know. I'm probably too short to get out there and play basketball, but I played basketball in high school. You talked to Coach Young about it? No. I no? Talk to Coach Young. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, in relation to us, I mean, you, you've got some height. That's yes, for sure. Yes, yes. Okay. You say 6'3", like you're like, oh, I'm not that tall. No, I'm you're not talking that tall. to somebody who's, I don't even know, how, how, what, six foot, six foot tall? I would say I'm six foot, but I I'm feel like that, that can be. Foot. What was that? I'm six foot. Six foot. You are? Yeah. I probably don't look probably because okay. Shoes, never mind. I'm I'm five ten then. In that case, yeah, walking no, around I'm, the locker room, man, it's just it's some guys in there that's very tall. So I don't really feel that. I mean, when I come out of the locker room, I feel tall. But walking around like in the football area, I'm not that tall. Okay, okay. okay fair enough. All right. So we mentioned Kissimmee, Florida, yeah. right outside of Orlando. Uh -huh. So were you a Disney or Universal guy growing up? Oh, uh, I was definitely Universal. Uh, okay. The guys in the locker room, they always try to joke, like, oh, he's from Disneyland, Mickey Mouse here. I'm like, nah, man. I don't, even go, <laughs> I don't even go to Disney that much. I never really went it, to Disney that much. So. It's so expensive to go to Disney now, too. It like, is? It's like, I haven't been in so long. It's like $170 to get a Magic Kingdom now. That's man, ridiculous. That's but they can, they can demand that, of course, because... It's Disney. Mm -hmm. The theme park capital of the world. I feel like you can never get bored growing up in Orlando. You get on the ride. 
I'm not a big ride guy. Yeah, I don't really, not me. I don't really care too much for them. You guys aren't uh, roller coaster enthusiasts? Not really. So why not? Is it the stomach drop? Is it just stomach drop? Yeah. Some of them crazy, like just hanging over a cliff, just looking at the ground. Like, nah, that's totally fair. In yeah. all honesty. Yeah. No, just not, just not a big fan of that. So in Florida though, is it like, did you grow up Florida, Florida state? Like what's kind of the deal down there in Orlando? Florida state. Definitely. It was really Florida and Florida state both. Like, yeah. Just we all, you know, um, like growing up, you know, every kid like always had, was wearing a Florida state shirt, Florida jersey. Just talking about Florida Gators, wanting to play for Florida Gators, play for Florida State. It was always those teams. Yeah. And of course, yeah. Miami, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Miami, of course, as well. So I don't know. I guess from an outside, obviously, Miami has quite a big national name brand. But mm-hmm. looking at it from the outside, looking in, I, I think of Florida. It's Florida and Florida State. But mm-hmm. I guess Miami's yeah. definitely in there as well. Yeah. So. Well, obviously, you, uh, you've represented the state of Florida great here in mm-hmm. Blacksburg with a lot of success over the years so far. So um, what do you want your mark to be when you leave Blacksburg? And how do you leave that mark in this uh, bowl game against Tulane? Uh, honestly, I just want to leave a mark on the young guys. You know, just for me, you know, the coaches, they challenged me to be a leader in the locker room and the, on the field, off the field. So really, hopefully, I was able to do that and just – Lead, lead those guys and just leave leave those guys with an example to build on after this year and just go win an AC championship. Sounds good to me. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think that about wraps things up. Um, any other final thoughts, Carter? I'm good to go. Hopefully y'all have a good time with the bowl game and yeah, sure. be a good experience. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. Appreciate y'all for having me. Of course. Absolutely. We appreciate you. Well, you guys know the deal. Versus Tulane, it's the Military Bowl, December 27th, up in Annapolis, Maryland, at the Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. But for now, from the Corporate Research Center in Blacksburg, Virginia, for Carter Hill, Nick Brown behind the desk, and of course, Mario Kendricks here. I'm Kyle Marshak, and we'll see you guys next time on our following edition of the Triumph Spotlight.